0: scriptures but we're going to focus on one set of scriptures this morning Um, we've been in this series called entitled faith nothing is impossible and uh, you know pastor Glenn come up and gave a word Dr. Ruth come up and and Brent came up It, it, it what that did is that builds faith then Diana gets up here and testifies about healing right in the middle of service when by a word because Brent was obedient and, and I want to move on this while we've got uh, things moving. Remember the first week we took a look at what faith is. How to recognize it, uh, what it is. Uh, and then last week we looked at the three obstacles or hindrances to faith. And the obstacles and the hindrance to faith were fear. Knowing the promises of God, but afraid to take a stand and receive them. So we operate in fear when we know the promises of God are right there, but we're afraid to step up, and that hinders our faith. And a lot of times what hinders faith in a lot of people of receiving uh, uh, Holy Spirit's baptism and, and things like that is a fear. And the next hindrance that we looked at last week was doubt. And doubt is when we know the promises of God, but we're just not settled whether He'll perform them or not. Doubt is when we're just not settled in ourselves of whether he will perform his promises or not. And then finally last week we looked at disbelief. Disbelief is to see the promises of God, look at them right there, and just say, I just can't take that. No matter what the Bible says, I just can't take it. I know it says it, but that's disbelief. That's just saying, God, you know, I know it says it, but... It, really what it says is it, it puts God in question and puts me above Him. And when the Word tells us there's nothing above His Word. And let's go to uh, Hebrews 11, 1 and 6. And these are the scriptures that we're, we're really uh, focusing on in this series. In Hebrews 11:1, 1, He said, Now faith is. When is faith? Now. now. He said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it's what we know is out there, and we operate as if we know they're there, even though we can't see them yet. So now faith is the substance. That means it has substance, it can be felt, it can be seen. Um, The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Jump to verse 6. He says, But without faith, Without this trusting, it's impossible to please God. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must what? First believe he is. Well, you would never come to him if you didn't believe he is, right? So he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And you've got to believe something else about God. You've got to believe he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him we've got to believe that God is a rewarder and if we can't go in knowing that I'm going to have the petitions that I ask of God it's not faith come on and the word says but without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him go to Romans chapter 12 verse 3 I think we read this last week too, so I just want to cover these verses real fast. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he said, For I say, through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly as according, uh, soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith god has dealt to everyone the measure of faith not a measure not like renee gets a little bit and then jeff gets a little bit more but belinda man i'm going to load faith on top of her but then i'm going to come up here to shirley and i'm just going to give you a little bit and we think that's what we have because we look at people and we admire them going man i wish i had faith like them i wish i had faith you do because god has dealt to every man the same amount of faith. Yes. We use the, de- the, the illustration of a, of a baby is born with the same muscles that you have right now. Well, why can't they pick up the things I pick up? Because you've learned to develop yours. And that's what faith is. It's not that you don't have it. It's you've not done things that strengthen your faith, that push your faith, that... Come on. You've never pushed yourself. (laughs) The Lord said to me one time, He said, If you will, you have to believe me for things that are impossible without me. Because if I could do it in myself, I don't need faith for that, Dr. Ruth. If I could do it in myself, there's no faith needed. So we need to step out and start believing God for something that if He's not in it, it can't be done that it is totally beyond my realm and my scope of doing this is where he wants us to operate and he says without this I can't please him because I got to come to him like he is and that he is he was a rewarder of those who diligently who come to him and say hey man this is going on and it's got not good And he says there in Romans 12 that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So let's put everybody on the same playing field right now. We all have the same amount of faith. You don't need any more. You don't need to pray, God, give me faith. He's already given it to you. He's already dealt that out to you. What we do is we come to God and we say, "God, show me how to use my faith. Show me where to use my faith, and cause me to exercise that my faith may grow." Amen. And I build it up like a muscle. You're 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 a weight trainer here. And you've got to do things that will build it up. Go if you will to Hebrews 12, 2. today. I'll give you a title in a minute. And I really wasn't sure what I was going to even minister today until Pastor Glenn uh gave his message on Wednesday. and Let me tell you, if you have Facebook, go back and watch last Wednesday. If you weren't here, you flat out missed some bombs that was dropped in this place. And if you don't have Facebook, it'll be on YouTube tomorrow it's at some point. Um but I want to go to Romans, not Romans, not Romans at all. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. But looking unto Jesus. So where is our focus? Only him. The object of our faith is him and him alone. The object of what we're believing for is him. He has to be the one in the center of our eye for whatever we're believing for. He said, and looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our, what? Faith. For who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat, sit, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to jump back to the first part of that verse. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith while we talk about that I don't want you to forget Romans 12 3 God has dealt to every man the measure of faith okay so let's look at that word author here I want to show you what that word means because we think author we think somebody who writes a pen down takes a pen writes it down writes a book they're an author whether it's a good book or not we call them an author the word author there is one that takes the lead in anything, thus affords an example. So when we say we look to Jesus, he takes the lead in our faith. You see, you have to understand what God put in you was not your own faith. What God put in you was not the faith for you to get up and know you can do it. What he put inside of you was the lead. We are following Jesus. He is the lead of our faith. You are going to operate in God's faith. I'll prove it to you in a minute. That the faith in you is not even your faith. You didn't even come to salvation by your own faith. Ephesians says it was of the faith of Jesus. We'll get there. (laughs) Looking unto Jesus, the one who took the lead in a thing, and is our example of faith. The rest of that word author, it means the originator, the founder, the leader, the first, the chief, the first. The first cause, the ruler, and the dispenser of. So where does faith come from? It comes from Jesus. Jesus. It's not your faith see when we finally get to the point where we understand that we are operating from the dispense we have tapped in to the faith of God and he operates through us from the from the fountain of heaven and we're tapped into that fountain we are putting out his faith in, but the problem is we don't have enough faith in that faith <laughs> Because we try to operate in our own. He says he is the dispenser of faith. He puts faith in you. He put it in us from the beginning, from the time we were born. He says looking unto Jesus, the author, the originator, the lead in our faith, the dispenser of our faith, and the finisher. Now see, we think, well, we finished it, it's closed. I love the word finisher. It is, he is the one who completes and perfects a thing the one who brings through to final attainment this word right here finisher guess how many times it's used in the Bible right here it's only used in Hebrews 12 this particular word for finisher in the original language it's used one time. He's, what is he telling us? He says, I will be the one who will put faith in you. Then I'll be the one who will take the lead in the faith you use. And then I will be the one who completes the thing you're believing for. So what does this do for me? This is all the pressure off me, Jody. This is me sitting back saying, God, my eyes are on you. My focus is on you. You'll take me to it. You'll lead me through it. And you'll give me the promise that lands on the other side. do is hand the wheel over to him and say drive this boat because you leave it up to me and I'm running us ashore and I tell you what folks I have ran my life ashore too many times and I believe it's time as, as Dr. Ruth said up here as Pastor Glenn said it's time but we just say hey it's got to be you oh, yeah. Holy Ghost it's got to be you Jesus, it's got to be you. Father, it's got to be you because I can't do this on my own. So you not only have to put faith in me, then you have to take the lead and then you come up as my rear guard and you finish the thing that I've started. (laughs) Vincent Word Studies says that this word, this phraseology of author and the finisher It says it is the expression is commonly understood to mean that Jesus is the creator, the one who initiates, the sustainer, and the consummator of faith in the hearts of people. Jesus creates it, he initiates it, he sustains it, and he finishes. Folks, that's the faith that you hold. You hold inside of you the very faith that stepped on the edge of nothing into a black expanse of nothing and said let there be and out of his very words because he trusted in the very words he spoke see this is how you were made this is how you were created Genesis chapter 1 around verse 26 27 28 around there he said let us make man in our image after our night likeness, reflecting our nature. God is a God of faith. You, I don't, how do you say God's a God of faith? You tell me anywhere else where you can step into nothing and say, let it be. And stars start. Show me any place else where you can see a world that has fallen and crushed and destroyed and he said, land, come on out. He trusted that the words he spoke was going to happen. And this is the same faith that he dropped in you. Man, we underestimate ourselves a lot. And it's not anything to do with us. It's his faith. He put faith in us. Remember last week we talked or week before, I can't remember, we talked about Mark chapter 9 verse 23 where the father brought his son to Jesus and he said, look man I took him to your disciples they couldn't do nothing with this thing, he's got a devil, it cast him in the fire It sometimes it throws him in the water, it's trying to kill my son if you can do anything, help us and in Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Jesus turns around and looked at him and says, if you can believe In other words, if you can remove the doubt from your life and operate in the faith that you have. Where did Jesus put the responsibility of faith? Back to the man. Why? Because that's where he originally put it. Way back in the garden, that's where he put faith. We are the only creature that he grabbed hold of by the dirt and went... and he birthed the old one of the oldest English translations of he breathed into man and man became a living soul actually said and man became a speaking spirit and it got watered down to man became a living soul man became why did man become a speaking spirit because that's what God is he said Genesis chapter one he said he said he said he said he said, he said. Everything that God did up until the fact where he decided to stop and create you and I he did it by the words out of his mouth And he put that very nature in you He put that very nature in me and so today we are looking at operating in the God kind of faith This is how we are. This is how we're called to operate in the God kind of faith go to Mark chapter 11 this chapter was in the Bible long before Brother Hagin some of you who don't know what I'm talking about Mark chapter 11 verse 12 and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany he was hungry And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now I'm going to hold another message back right here. I'm just going to drop it on you real fast and run. This tells us that we're going to go around acting like we should have fruit. There's going to come a time when he's going to come expecting it no matter what season you're in and we'll go on from there and look at verse 14 and Jesus answered and said unto it now what did he do he looked at the tree he didn't lay his hands on it he didn't scream at it he didn't say boys get me an axe we'll chop her down.'" says he looked at the tree and he said to it he didn't scream at it only when we don't understand our authority we find ourselves screaming at the devil because we've been trained by our own parents mom's not serious unless she's red faced and screaming <laughs> Dad's not serious unless he's screaming. And so we somehow have this idea that the enemy responds to the volume of our voice. He said to the tree, no man will eat fruit of you from hereafter forever. Man, that tree got, a, got it rough. Look at what it, in the last part of it says, and his disciples heard it. Now jump to verse 22, same chapter. Verse 22. And in the morning, or verse 20, I'm sorry. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him master behold the fig tree which thou cursed has withered away you got to understand this is the same voice that brought the ground out of the water this is the same voice that told the sun went to shine this is the same voice that declared what would be day and what would be night This is the same voice who spoke the birds into the sky and the fish into the sea. This is the same voice who put the cow in the pasture and the monkey in the tree. This is the same voice. And he said, that tree you cursed, it's withered away. You know why it withered away? Because he had faith. Well, how do you know he had faith? Because of verse 22. And Jesus answering them. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, he answered them, Have faith in God. Verse 23 for verily I say unto you whosoever say to this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he says saith shall come to pass he will have whatsoever he saith for whatsoever verse 24 for whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them now we read this all the time and and, and I'm going to tell you verse 22 is a very bad translation of this verse because it changes the whole meaning of it. Matter of fact, before King James made his Bible the only one you could read, come on, you knew that, right? The first English Bible we have was Wycliffe's some 300 years, almost 300 years before King James and all the other Bibles leading up to that did not translate this verse this way they said and Jesus answered them and said have the faith of God now that's a whole different meaning when Jesus says I need you to have the faith of God because if we don't have the faith of God we can never do the things that he has commanded us to do when he said in John 14 what I do you'll do also but even greater if we don't operate in the faith of God we can't do the works of God so he did not put this in your hands that's why he put faith in you Look at, let's let's just read it. (laughs) Let's just read it out of the Wycliffe, the, the original English translation. Verse 22. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have ye the faith of God? I can't have the faith of God. Why? He put it in you. It is given to every man the measure of faith. Folks, if we would get this and understand this, then waves on the sea are nothing but a sidewalk. If we would get this and understand this, then storms that come into our lives are nothing but a cool summer breeze. But we have to get to this. That he put faith, what kind of faith did he put in me? His faith. He has put in us the, so he says here, and he said to them, have ye the God kind of faith? And truly I say to you, that whoever saith to this hill, be thou taken and be thou cast into the sea, and doubt not in his heart, but believeth whatever he saith, but believeth what e- for whatever thing he saith, shall be done, and it will be done to him. Verse twenty-four. Therefore I say, all things, whatever things you pray, shall at you praying shall ask. See, this is the original language. It's kind of hard to read. This is why the Geneva, which was the Bible, the English Bible we had right before the King James Bible was the Bible of the people (laughs) therefore I say to you all things whatever things ye praying shall ask believe that ye shall take not receive see when we begin to operate in the God kind of faith we begin to understand what he said was when you go into the enemy's camp and you don't ask for the things that he took from you back. You take. Why? Because the faith of God walks right into the enemy and says that doesn't belong to you. You have overstepped your boundaries and now God in me has showed up on the scene and we are just going to take back. Yeah. You're afraid it's was going to bend those pages, were not you? <laughs> and ye shall Take. And when you take them, what's the only result when you operate in this kind of faith? And they will come to you. But we don't have enough confidence in ourselves and who Christ has made us to be and what God has done in us. We don't really believe that we are the offspring of God. We use children of God like, hey, he saved my hide from hell and I'm Okay. No, you were the very offspring. The inherent traits of your Father are in you. The God kind of faith is the kind of faith where we believe with our heart that what we say out of our mouth comes to pass and we walk away without doubt. Go to Hebrews 11.3. Hebrews 11, he says, through faith, we understand some things. Well, what do we understand? Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the what? By his words. The worlds were framed by the things that came out of his mouth. So when he put the measure of faith in you, he gave you a world-framing part of him. That says your world can be framed by the words that come out of your mouth. Some of us really need to check the words that come out of our mouth. Because whether they're negative or whether they're positive, you're still creating a world. By the words that come out of your mouth, you're still creating. Why? Because that's who you are. That your original design was to be a creator. Your original design was to have dominion over the earth. Your original design. And man became a speaking spirit. (laughs) The worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen are not made by things which do appear. So... I know that Jesus had faith when he spoke to the tree because he said he did exactly what he did in the beginning. He said and he walked away. Can you imagine being one of the disciples that day? Nobody's going to eat tree from you, fruit from you from this day on and that tree went, whatever. So you've got to understand when you begin to speak words, it may not always affect the outer. See, this thing dried up from the very thing that gave it life. That tree dried up from the thing that gave it life. What gave it life is its roots where it gets its nourishment, where it gets its feed. So it's not good enough if I just chop it off at the, at the surface and I leave the root intact. See, when I begin to speak in faith about a mountain that stands in my way, then I begin to curse the thing that gives it life. And when I curse the thing that gives it life, it will dry up from the inside out. You've got to understand just because the words you spoke have not happened now, you remember you are speaking to the thing that gives it life. You are speaking to its root. And you need to walk away with your head up, your chest out, knowing that you have handled the thing that stood before you because of the faith that God put in you. Go back to Mark twenty eleven, verse twenty three. Him that water. Thank you, darling. Let's read that again. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, now what does that mean? Whosoever, that means the ones who's brave enough to step up and do it. Not everybody's a whosoever. Now, anybody can be a whosoever, but not everybody is. But the ones who have enough nerve, enough goofiness in them to just believe God might just be what he says he is. That God may just be the creator, the lead, and the finisher and the completer of my faith that person will say to this mountain this hill be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea but there's a kicker and shall not doubt in his heart not in his head folks listen to me now you can have all kinds of doubt in your head but until it gets in your heart see you have to control what comes in your head Because what eventually comes in your head will sink itself into your heart. So everybody's going to have doubts. It happens. thing is, get a hold of them right now. Just because you had a doubt in your head doesn't mean you've doubted in your heart. So grab a hold of that thought. Take it captivity. Rule your thought life. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. But believeth those things which he saith shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. So what about doubt? Now I know we covered a little bit of doubt last week. I'm going to give you a different definition today. There's another definition. I'll, I'll you know, because you know they use different words. doubt here it means to separate oneself in a hostile spirit what are you doing? you're separating yourself in a hostile spirit it means to strive with it means to dispute it means to contend it means to be at variance with oneself that's what doubt is is when you're at variance with yourself. You speak a word, you believe a word, and then all of a sudden, when it don't happen the way I thought it was going to happen, or it's not happening as fast as I'm going to happen, I become hostile to the very word that I spoke and say, well, I tried and it didn't work. (laughs) Don't give me all that stuff. I've tried this, I've tried it, I've tried it, I've tried it. What have I done? I begin to doubt. I'm separating myself from the words I spoke. Let's read that definition from the top again, please. It means to separate oneself in a hostile spirit. To strive with, to dispute, to contend, to be at variance with one's self. You can't be at variance with yourself when you're trying to speak something. Vine says it this way. Vine says it means to be perplexed or to doubt or to be embarrassed to be embarrassed what do you mean to be embarrassed let me show you here's here's how we walk in this kind of doubt we come out we pray about something we make a bold declaration we walk away going man I hope it happens I know what I claimed but I don't see it yet or we make a declaration and then we go I wonder if it'll really happen and then this is why vine says it means embarrassed then we say well what will I do if it don't everybody heard me make this claim Everybody heard me step out on faith. Everybody heard me make this move. What if it don't happen? Then why don't, I don't, it's safer, I just don't say nothing. And your mountain will stand there, look you in the eye, and refuse to move because it'll only move for those who will operate in the God kind of faith that says you have no option but to move because I told you to move and I am not going to have variance with myself. Oh Lord, our oh God. Maybe I just won't tell nobody. <laughs> See, that's embarrassment. That's doubt. And this is what's racked the church, because nobody's ever told us that it's not even our faith we're operating in. It's His. He gave us the measure of faith. We can't work up faith. Trust me, I've tried to work up faith before. It never works but man, I can work up doubt all day long. I only have to try hard and I can work up doubt. The key is I got to get a hold of doubt while it's here because once it sits me, settles in here, then I'm walking away. I become at odds with myself. Verse 23 again. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart and here's the next big word you need to pick up on but shall believeth those things which he saith do you you see the key of this verse just take this verse again but I say unto you whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he'll have whatsoever he What's the key? The key is your mouth. The key are the words you speak. The key is the things that you allow to slip. We'll look at a scripture here in a minute because the word tells us, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, your mouth will always give you away what you're really believing. Your mouth will all... It'll just do it. Vincent Word Study says this of the word believe. It means to be firmly persuaded. It's actually the same word that's used as faith. To be firmly persuaded as to something. And it is more commonly used of words that are spoken. He wants, God is so particular about the, this is the God kind of faith. We only see one time where God took the time to make something by hand, and it was you. It was mankind. So he says here, for verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast, and see shall not doubt his heart, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So when I refuse to doubt, when I refuse to get embarrassed of my confession, when I know God has promised me the thing that I am believing for, and I have enough craziness to me to begin to speak it out, and I have enough audacity to walk away like I know it happened, like Jesus did with the tree, then I'm operating in God's faith. And then he says, it will happen. Back to verse 24. Therefore, I say unto thee, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and what? You shall have them. I love how the original English version in Wycliffe says, He says, believe that you take them and they will come to you. So when does the believing happen? The, the believing happens before I actually put it in my hand. This is what faith does. Faith reaches out into the unknown and pulls them. As Brother Hagen would said, he said faith is reaching out into the supernatural and pulling them into the realm of the reality, into our reality. This is what faith does. Faith says, I believe I have it, even though I don't see it yet. I believe it's mine. So what am I going to do? I'm going to walk around acting like it's mine. Chuck Swindoll tells a story He gets a letter from a woman and says I need to ask you a question she said okay what I'm worried about my son well why are you worried about your son she said because he went to your conference and now he comes home and he went out and bought feet a lady's bikini and it's on the end on the foot of his bed Chuck just kind of giggles to himself he said well I was preaching about having vision And I told the story of a young lady who was believing God for a man, for a husband, so she did what Mark says, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. So she went out and bought her wedding dress. And she took it home and she laid that wedding dress on her hope chest at the foot of her bed every day. You get the point yet? She said, he must be believing for a woman to fill that bikini. Now, we'll laugh at that, but faith says I have it before I have it. Faith says it's mine before I actually... See, some of us are believing God for stuff, but we're not making any preparation to get it. And some of the things you're believing for are waiting on you to be ready enough to get them. It's not that God's holding back on you. You're not making the preparations you need to receive it. Oh, come on. (laughs) Therefore, verse twenty four Whatsoever what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and then they come. Go if you will to Luke chapter eleven. Because once we understand this, we understand this next verse. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened to you. Now you're going to get a lot of translations that says knocking, keep on knocking. That's not what that says. Because they misinterpret the word, uh, what is the word just above that? You probably got a. you don't have a King James in your hand, do you? He says, because of their importunity, I think King James says. This, that, and we think that means persistence and that means, you know, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to stay out here and I'm going to beat on this door until it opens. You can't move God like that. You know what that word importunity means? I think it's importunity in the King James' per- persistence. And it's really not even that, the actual term of it means shamelessness. The one who has no shame, hey God, I'm coming to you with faith, the faith you gave me, the faith that speaks into nothing and creates universes. I'm coming to you in a with, with the faith that you put in me because I don't have any and he says when you come to me with shamelessness knowing you belong at the throne room of heaven ask and it'll be given seek it'll find and whatever door you knock on will be open verse 10 for everyone This is God's promise. Everyone who asks, what you get? Receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, it'll be opened. When, when I'm walking in this God kind of faith where I don't doubt, but I believe the things which I say come to pass, I'll have whatever I say. Well I'm believing God for a million dollars, what are you doing to get ready for it? Really, what are you doing to get ready for it? I don't even have a bank account. You think the dog's going to show up with a bag in his mouth? Are you, let's go this, I'm believing God for a million dollars, but are you ready to take the next job he puts in front of you? That may lead you to, well I don't want to have to work. (laughs) See, we make no preparation to receive. We just rub the magic bottle. Hope the genie pops out, grants my three wishes, and goes back in, because I don't know, you know why? Because I won't, after I get that million dollars, I won't need him no more, because I'll be at the lake every day, and I'll be here, and I'll be there. The things of God are just some, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it, God. Sorry. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with the lake. No amen out of that. Thank you, Rachel. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. He says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. This is what? Confidence. What are you supposed to have? See, here's the problem. People who don't have this confidence, look at people who do and they call them cocky. They call them arrogant. Why? Just because they're willing to believe God for what you're not? Because they're willing to talk it? Because they're willing to just open their mouths and say, I'm trusting God, oh how arrogant are you? No, you're just afraid to do it. Because you lack this confidence. And this is the confidence we have in Him. This kind of confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, did He put a limitation on what you could ask for. He put no limitations on you whatsoever. (laughs) I don't know if I can ask for that. That's you limiting yourself. He didn't do it to you. He put no limitations on you. And this is the confidence that we have in him that whatever we ask for, according to his will, he hears us. Well, see, that just means he hears me. Glad you asked. Go to verse 15. And if he know, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, We know that we have the petitions, the requests that we have asked for of him. So if we're convinced, this is the confidence that we have in him, that whatever I ask for, he hears me. And not only does he hear me, if I really trust that he hears me, then I can trust that I have the very thing I ask for him. Somebody got an idea? twice (laughs) this is the confidence folks Wendy maybe my problem is just I lack confidence in the God I serve maybe this is my my problem all along Ruth just lack the confidence I don't know if I can do that I don't know if I can do all that yes you can because He put faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, He gave to every man the measure of faith. Every one of us sitting here today, everyone watching online has this kind of faith. Do we operate in it all the time? I wish I did. But it doesn't mean I can't. <laughs> the only limitation ever put on myself was named Brent. And man, I like to choke him out sometimes. <laughs> this is who God has made us to be. Next week, we're going to continue on this very subject on speaking faith. So I hope you come back. Let's, let's, get, let's dive into this a little bit deeper. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you, magnify you, and praise you. Oh, dear Lord. Let this word ring true in me. Not that it's not true, but it has to ring true to me. And Father, let me accept it, let me receive it, and let me walk in faith that we've seen so much here today. In Jesus' name, amen.